Tonight's program is brought to you by the China Hockey Group. The CHG is a family-focused group of ice hockey leagues, training programs, and community initiatives. They focus on the growth of hockey in Hong Kong and southern China, as well as the development of student-athletes, where sporting goals are achieved alongside educational pursuits. The CHG is comprised of a number of hockey programs. Established in 2011, the CIHL is Hong Kong's elite adult hockey league. The Junior Tigers program is Hong Kong's premier youth hockey organization, featuring the Scotia Bank Island League and Learn to Play and Learn to Skate programs. The SCIHL is an adult league for those seeking a more recreational experience. In addition, the CHG showroom is the exclusive reseller of Bauer Warrior hockey equipment and offers services including skate sharpening and fittings. For more information and links to their social media sites, go visit ChinaHockeyGroup.com. That's ChinaHockeyGroup.com. Hey hockey fans, welcome to Across the Pond Hockey Talks Volume 45. My guest today was born in Amherst, Nova Scotia and grew up in small town Ontario. He's the founder and CEO of Can Life Sports, a company focused on the growth and promotion of hockey in mainland China. The company established Hockey Night in Beijing and the Beijing Pond Hockey Tournament, China's two biggest and longest standing international community events. Over the span of the last 10 years, he's worked with several organizations including the National Hockey League, the Montreal Canadiens, Bauer Hockey, the National Indoor Stadium, Kaiwen Sports Academy, and Sika. In addition to on-ice hockey, he's a pioneer in ball hockey development for China. In 2017, he wrote the school guide, teacher's training, and curriculum for the first ball hockey program developed for local schools, working alongside the Beijing Education Bureau, the Beijing Hockey Association, and the NHL. Please welcome to Across the Pond Hockey Talks, Mr. Curtis Drax. So first off, Curtis, did I say your last name right? Drax is right. Thank you very much. <laughs> awesome, dude. How are you, man? And thank you for taking some time to talk to me today. Yeah, no problem. All is well uh, up here in Beijing. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Well, we're going to get right into this, folks, because I got a lot of questions to ask you. Um, you you're kind of been the heartbeat uh, of a lot of hockey and a lot of things that have happened in Beijing. But before we get to that, Curtis, let's find out a little bit about you. Uh, tell me about your childhood growing up in small town Ontario. and. Uh, when you developed your love for the game of hockey? Yeah, like you said, um, it, it started through small town Ontario. Um, I was born on the East Coast, so I was born in Amherst, Nova Scotia. I, I think you're also from there too, yeah? I'm from Cape Breton. Okay, there we go. Yeah, there so we go. Um, our family moved over, you know, when I was three or four years old and pretty much got right into hockey. So um, in the region that I live in, uh, we didn't have necessarily a AAA center. So I, I played some of my hockey in Welland, Ontario growing up. Um, and you know, most of other sports either was through Pelham or Welland. Um, but yeah, just, uh, kind of came from a, an avid father that just loved the game, uh, loved other sports as well. I, I was, I played lacrosse growing up as well. I played soccer. I was always around the ball field. He was, a he was an umpire and he played some softball as well. Um, so just, just always around the game. And, um, you know, I think, uh, because of that is, you know, sort of where I, I, I naturally became interested in, in the sport and, and always tried to contribute um, right through to my time here in China. And, um, and the rest is, uh, the rest is sort of history or, or, or in the making. 
That's great, man. Um, so basically, uh, I want to know what, what what kind of level of hockey did you play growing up? And was there an opportunity for you? Uh, were you trying to do any coaching or was it just were you just simply a player growing up through high school? Yeah, I mean, it, it was um, I did look to play competitively early on. So like I said, um, you know, Welland was the closest center. So I did play AAA in Welland. Welland had a, a good a good time actually back in sort of those mid 80s when I was growing up. Obviously, a lot of players we're coming out of the system. Uh, guys like Nathan Horton, Girardi, Clutterbuck, who's still going strong right now, Tardev, Pae, um, guys like that. And, and, and they were either training before me or after me or, or with the same instructors through that time. So we did have a competitive group around that, uh, that era. Unfortunately for me, I was, I was small um, until, you know, I got to like Bantam midget level. So I ended up going home and home would have been Pelham. So just, just around the corner. And that was uh, sort of a, a, a rep center. So I, I continued to play rep hockey right through Bantam midget juvenile. Um, had a little bit of a growth spurt and, and, and started liking the game, I think later on. Um, but uh, when you ask, I guess, you know, about a competitive career or, or desires, uh, you know, it was there at some point, but, you know, like I said, I, I think mentally, physically, um, socially, I just wasn't there and, and kind of got out of the sport uh, at that level pretty early on. So after high school, you, uh, you actually got your bachelor's degree in Niagara. So what was your plan with that? And, and how did that end up moving you towards Beijing? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, that decision comes a lot, uh, obviously through, I mean, at least in Ontario, it's just like, are you going to go to college? You're going to go to university. Are you going to go, where are you going to go with it? Um, for me and sort of the family situation I was in, it, it was, it was something, uh, about staying at home. Niagara college just launched a four-year bachelor program. So they, them and, uh, George Brown out of Toronto were the first two colleges to do sort of this hands-on approach to, to a bachelor's degree. So I thought it was a great opportunity to, to kind of take that program. Um, my major was in hospitality. So at the time I was even, you know, working in, in Niagara Falls at, at one of the hotels there. Um, so I just, uh, I sort of had this fascination to, to kind of get into to, to, to hospitality. Um, also, you know, I, I still played hockey at home. So that was cool. I, um, you know, juvenile hockey, was at its uh, purest form at that time. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> so I, I, I got to come home and, and, and stay, stay around and, and be with uh, some of the guys that I, I grew up with. And I went to high school with, um, we recruited from, you know, the local university and, and a couple of guys from the college as well. So we had a pretty competitive team. We ended up going to the finals a couple of years, but yeah, I, I stayed right on board till overage at 21. And, uh, I guess China for me, when I was in college, you have, you have two co-op work terms or internships. And um, the first one I stayed in the region, but the second one I ended up going to Dubai and that really um, kind of opened my eyes to, to, to Asia and, and to the impact that I could have um, going abroad and, and, and working in hospitality and being able to travel the world potentially and, and things like that. So um, it just so happened in, in the final couple months of my, my college time, uh, this job in China opened up and, and the next thing you know, I was on a flight over here. So that job was that, are you speaking of uh, the, the can life program? No, initially it was in hospitality. So there was okay. a, a Chinese Canadian guy and he had, uh, he had the rights to a few different um, hotel brands here. Um, this was very close to the, the Olympics 20, uh, 2008 Olympics. So, you know, his goal in all of it, and when talking to him through that process was, you know, he wanted to make his hotel more welcoming to foreigners and, and, and international standards and different things like that. So, 
you know, part of it was coming over and, and fresh and energetic and, and just trying to revamp uh, sort of a local uh, experience into an international experience that for their guests, for their staff and um, right through food and beverage and their banquets and events and things like that. So it was a pretty unique experience in the beginning. And, and I looked at it more as that experience uh, to, to get abroad again. Um, and then, uh, yeah, from there it grew into working with, uh, another Canadian that started, a uh, a consulting company helping Chinese build their hotels. So I spent a couple of years with them in the, in the office and, and then eventually it grew into the can life sports stuff. Okay. So you're just in, ba- you're in Beijing working on the, in the F and B business. And, uh, you seen, you saw an opportunity there that someone needed some help and you were the guy. So how did that happen? And how did you get your start in hockey in Beijing? Yeah, I mean, quite naturally, I mean, going back to what I mentioned about my childhood is, you know, my dad was so active growing up, he spent, you know, over 15 years within the association, he was president, convener, um, you know, equipment manager, tournament organizer. So like that had me at the rink all the time. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was my first job, I was a scorekeeper into being a referee after that. Um, so when I came over to Beijing, it sort of was more natural than anything. I you know, I was helping out initially that spring with uh, a ball hockey program. So a bunch of the diplomats and, and uh, expats were playing ball hockey at one of the, the, the compounds. So just helping with that uh, initially. And then when I got to know sort of the adult hockey league in uh, that first season, I was there. Um, they had they had like 60, 70 guys there. They had four teams going um, and uh, I just got involved and I just wanted to help out and, and just naturally going to the rink early, refing, uh, you know, helping with their events, th- things like that. And um, which uh, sort of got me started. And uh, obviously uh, at that time, there was there's a few hundred kids playing hockey and, and getting into coaching was one thing that I was trying to do and help out that way. And and then also with the association uh, using sort of my uh, my Hockey Canada or OMHA certification there and, and, and refing a little bit and working with some of their the refs on on that stuff as well so that's that's really how it all started i love hearing these stories man there's so many people like you who've made a move over to asia here and just immediately made your stamp on the game and for the love of the game and i mean that seems to be the common theme people just come over here not expecting anything with hockey and then all of a sudden you know it just comes through and uh good on you for, for getting that started and i know you've done a lot since then so let's uh Let's move forward here and, and tell me about some of the beginning um, difficulties that you've had, uh, the, how, how the growth of the game really started for you and kind of like what's working and what's not working. Um, can you give me a, a, an outline of the things that uh, you've seen happen and, and what you've been involved in when it comes to that development? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, I think in the beginning, uh, you know, there wasn't much around uh, the, the referee program. Uh, there wasn't much around sort of a coaching certification. And, and certainly since, you know, 2009, when I when I got there or got here to now, I mean, those things have evolved and those things have grown out. And, and certainly the Chinese Ice Hockey Association is doing their best um, to uh, to to create these programs. Um, Beijing is is really the most influential city in China in terms of development. Um, they, you know, as a parent run organization when it started, but those parents have now evolved into, you know, growing and educating themselves uh, about what the game is. And I was just saying last week to a, a few people that, you know, it's, it's amazing that they're constantly trying to adapt, you know, it's not, there's issues, there's, there's, there's definitely issues, there's challenges here, but, you know, just uh, in the last few years, sort of adapting to small area uh, games. So they're doing, you know, four and four with the younger kids. 
um, smaller nets this year, lighter pucks and different things like this that, you know, just show that they're not ignorant to, you know, necessarily uh, the way that they want to grow it, but they're looking at the, the global the global game and, and how they can adapt and, and, and certainly make it a better experience for youth early on. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been a crazy time because, uh, you know, we also dealt with obviously winning the bid to the Olympics uh, throughout the last 12 years. So, um, you know, it, grow, it grew more organically in the beginning and there's fun to be a part of that. Um, and then, uh, you know, about midway through there, uh, you know, getting the bid, obviously a lot of private and government investment went into the sport, whether that is through infrastructure, program development or, or coaching and things like that. So we saw a big spike, but um, reality hit with COVID certainly. And uh, a, a lot of those rinks either closed down or, you know, coaches left or, or, or programs just didn't make it. So we're back to, I think, a healthier point, um, more stable point right now. And, and uh, you know, hockey is certainly living on. The, the youth league's kicking off soon here. Um, there's about 4,000 kids in, in the Beijing league from, as I mentioned before, a few hundred. So wow. it's, uh, it's pretty good for the sport. Yeah, it's, it's, it certainly is. And I know, I know I'll talk to a lot of people around. You're probably familiar with Mark Simon, who's, uh, who is also a Canadian, who's done a lot of work uh, in your area and in Beijing with helping develop hockey and talked about a lot of the challenges. And it seems to be, you know, it's, it's across the board in Asian cities, you know, the lack of ice availability, uh, the expense of the equipment, the expense of re renting the ice, uh, things like that. Uh, what, what would you say is the biggest challenge in Beijing as far as uh, your development? Yeah, I think you mentioned it there. Yeah. I, I think uh, the sport grew so quickly. I mean, back in the day, I mean, when, when I started a club, um, when we started the club in, uh, it would have been uh, 2013, 2014 there. Um, but before that, you know, it, it was just, you know, we weren't out to, it wasn't like a huge uh, moneymaker. A lot of the guys that were coaching then, including guys like Mark and, and my buddy Tom and JP and stuff like that, early on it was, it was given back to the game. I mean, we did make, you know, you did make money as a coach, but it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, substantial like it is now. So I think that's what's happened is um, private investment um, and private uh, groups have come in and realized there is money to be made, certainly with a lot of the funding that went into the sport um, and a lot of the, you know, attraction with, with the games coming up here. So, you know, when that happens, you know, a lot of money spent on, on, on coaches, a lot of money spent on training, you know, equipment can charge more. So everything I think is just, um, just, just expensive. And, you know, that's one of the issues, but you know, what that does is it restricts ac access to the sport ultimately. Right. And uh, I think, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, recruitment is so important um, and, and it'll allow, you know, a better percentage of players to keep playing. Um, and uh, right now, I think it's just it's just really competitive with those those core families that, that have the money to spend. Right. And you mentioned um, private investments. Um, I've heard a lot of stories about uh, Wayne Gretzky's uh, what he's contributed to the hockey world in China. And I, I've heard that there's, there was a lot of money thrown his way to use him and use his name as an ambassador for Beijing. What can you tell me about your time? I know you've you got a chance to meet Wayne and spend some time with him in 2018. Tell me a little bit about that and the impact that he's had there. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say and, and I mean, no offense, because I think Wayne had the, the full on intention to leave a, a strong impact here. Um, I know that through his his uh, his agent, Ira, I spent some time with him and I, I got to got to hear it from Wayne as well. But um, I think they both in, in the whole group itself, the Wayne Gretzky Hockey School, I know his son came over and his brother and things like that. They wanted to see this happen. Um, unfortunately, you know. 
a name can only do so much. I mean, it, they came over and it was, uh, it was, it wasn't sort of a sought after program in terms of long-term development. Um, he could have been uh, a, a great ambassador to this day um, and continue to come over year after year. But um, it was, it was like you said, or I said here is there's private investment coming in um, uh, the Cunlin Red Star really trying to boost their profile as leaders in the, in the market and uh, you know, investing into bringing him over that time. Um, so it, 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 it wasn't, I, 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 I can't really say it had a lasting impact. Um, at the time it was, it was amazing for hockey fans and it was amazing for kids to be around it. Um, but you know, when it's, when it's a one-off like this, it doesn't really have that lasting impact that, uh, hockey needs certainly right now. Right. So what would you say is going to give, leave a lasting impact? What, what is it that needs to be done currently? Um, What's the biggest thing that needs to be done to grow the sport? I mean, I would start with recruitment, with more kids playing the sport. Obviously, you have more options. Uh, rinks are fuller. Uh, uh, um, you have you have you have you know better programs. You can bring in more coaches. Um, but it, for me, it really starts with the recruitment. I mean, and how do you get kids started? I mean, better access to the to the game through more affordable programs. I mean, I, you know, I, I was involved with the uh, ball hockey here as well. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a great way, I think, to get kids started. Um, and then with that is just the proper development model. Um, you know, it's a, it's a reality here that there is, there is private lessons at a very early age and, and parents do want their kids to, to be on the ice four or five, six times a week. Um, so, you know, working with those cultural differences that we may have had growing up and, and giving them what they, what they want in a lot of ways, but, um, having you know sustainable programs right through um through their high school time and then you know now they they have started a little bit into the university world but uh like i said i think recruitment is the big thing if more numbers are playing more kids will stay in the sport ultimately and and uh i think there'll be more possibilities in, in terms of the actual program itself now when we look at big players like wayne i mean like i i think it's just consistency it's just it's it's building out a program that's not just you know a, a week long or two week long term that he's here it's something where he can leave an impact throughout the season, um, whether that's, you know, through social presence or, or um, you know, visiting or sending over his, his hockey school team and then doing it, you know, for, for three, four or five years. And I think that's the way, um, you know, kids will be able to see and, and, and feel the impact that Wayne has had on, you know, our lives. Um, hopefully that they can, they can see the same through their lives. Yeah. Like you said, it's super important to, uh, to incorporate ball hockey, inline hockey, um, it, because it, in Asia, as, as we said, you know, there's so much, it's so limited when it comes to ice time. So, but everyone can find a court, a basketball court or a tennis court somewhere with a few sticks and a ball. And, and, th and that kind of thing goes a long way with developing the sport. So that uh, leads me to my next question. So what is it exactly that you've done uh, with the ball hockey association and, uh, you know, getting it into schools? Cause it's super important what you're doing, developing a, a curriculum that people can follow. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, back in that time, uh, you, you know, you, you had mentioned there in my intro, it, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I really did, I really did believe this is a great way to to get kids holding the stick and just be you know, to have that recognition on what, what hockey is in terms of the rules and 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 the, and the court itself and um, positioning and things like that. So, you know, I was lucky enough. I, I worked with a, a group here called Sika. Um, they were a group that brought me in very early on to, to, uh, you know, kind of go after this, this project with the NHL and um, they had the resources to do so. And they are so well equipped. Um, They're one of the biggest, um, you know, sort of winter sport 
sports agencies in, in China, not to mention, I mean, in, in, in summer sports and things like that as well. So they brought me in and, and you know, working alongside the NHL, once we once we started working with the NHL, one of the mandates right away, right away was to get into schools and, and to give back. Um, so, uh, you know, working with the Beijing Hockey Association and right through the Sports Bureau and the Education Bureau, um, we needed to create a curriculum for schools. So we took the NHL street program, which is pretty popular among uh, a lot of cities in, in, in North America, and we just adapted it to what would work in China. Um, we built out a curriculum, what would work, you know, giving, giving uh, these teachers that we were training um, sort of uh, lessons that they can execute. Um, we provided them with educational videos, so videos on if they forgot, you know, what we taught them in those two days in the seminar, how they, you know, just to recap their memory. Um, and then we had a coordinator um, that also was in touch with them on a weekly basis, just asking any questions or, or sort of building it out. So that program was that program was great. And that was um, the, the NHL still continues with their ball hockey program. Um, and where what I what I did when I left the NHL was uh, I went and sought out um, the ISPHF. Um, this is a group that is just so open arms to development. Uh, I know they're down in Hong Kong as well. They're, they're mm -hmm. through Korea. Um, and, uh, it was just amazing to work with George from, from there. Um, it just, just open arms, whatever you needed, whatever we wanted. Uh, he just was there to help and, 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 and sort of join, join in with us. And, and a good friend of mine that I recruited to come over back in 20, 2016, 2017, Mike Cousy was a very, very active ball hockey player in North America, um, uh, in, in his, his club team and, and, and things like that were just very good. And he was the one that sort of backboned it all saying, Kurt, if you can come in on the business side and, and help with the relationship with ISBHF, I'll come in on the education side. So me and him went into uh, 10 international schools and we taught 20 teachers, you know, basically how to how to play the game um, and ran a very similar program that the NHL was running, but on the international school side. So we put it in, uh, in 10 schools and, and you know, we continue to support those schools today, uh, everything from equipment and, and, and the rule book and the curriculums and different things like that. That's incredible. And yeah, and I do see its impact here in Hong Kong as well, because uh, I know I know the people who are involved in the ball hockey world here and they're doing it in schools. They've got junior secondary teams now. They've got um, they've even got primary school students. I know a few guys that are running programs in their primary schools. So it's so important. And uh, yeah, that development is absolutely nece it's necessary to to help develop ice hockey, because like you said, it just gives them another opportunity to learn the game, the positions, the morale around it, the whole idea of playing the game of hockey and something that they never grew up with like we did. So it's so important. And um, I'm so glad that you were able to do that and working through um, as a teacher myself. I know I know how, it is, how important it is to have an established curriculum and things that have worked in other places and you know, something to go by. So that's one of the big things that you've been involved in. And there's a couple others here that I want to get to. Um, I'll have to thank Keith Fong for setting me up uh, with this interview. Um, and I, I've seen the pictures of, of him at the Beijing Pond Hockey Tournament. Um, I've seen a lot of, uh, of clips and pictures from this event, and everybody just says it's world class. Tell me a little bit about that event. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's one of the ones, I mean, we have two events. One is hockey night in Beijing. That's just a, a spectacular community driven event as well. It was started with the Canadians and the Finns here in Beijing. And we worked closely with the embassies over the last eight years on that program. But, you know, the pond hockey tournament was, was, was also another one of ours. And, and, and it, it, it's fascinating how it grew out in the beginning. It was just getting the guys out on the lake and having a good time. And I'll never forget like year one, you know, on Ho Hai Lake, which is, which is a spectacular um, sort of, 
landmark for Beijing. If you're coming from out of town, it just, it glows at night, you know, with bars and restaurants and, and little shops and things like this. But in the winter, when it freezes over, um, you know, they have lights hanging up and they, they sort of allocate different areas for ball or for ice pond hockey. Um, and then also for skating and, and they have these little sleds that they push around. So, you know, we went, we went and did, uh, we went and sought that out. We were just playing there, um, for fun, you know, over, over Chinese new year, Christmas holiday. And we went and we just secured it for a weekend and, and organized a, a tournament and, uh, you know, sort of just reached out to a few different connections we had in the community, you know, beer sponsor, uh, or restaurant sponsors and, and different things like that. And just got everyone involved. So it was really driven from the community, um, you know, early on. And, you know, as, as you saw with Keith, I mean, it did grow out uh, and we tried to scale it as large as we can. And, you know, over the course of those, those eight years, and, and we're, we're lucky enough to take it to different lakes around the city. And as Beijing got a little warm, then, you know, there's man-made rinks. And uh, in 2016 there, we took uh, the Montreal Canadians outside the bird's nest and we ran a tournament there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, certainly when I left the NHL, we were, we were like, what are we, what are we doing with these events and how can we, how can we scale them larger? And, we just started talking to a resort up at the wall and, and it, it just made a lot of sense. And, um, it became, I mean, it's, it, it's one of the most, I'm saying it as modest as I can, but it is certainly probably one of the more, more iconic, uh, you know, tournaments probably around the world, just to be able to look up and see the wall. And, uh, this is a revamped village as well. So it kind of has that very local feel to it. Um, so yeah, it was a weekend, a weekend away for a lot of people and bringing their families out all inclusive, um, and yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky to have Keith down there and he, he's certainly one of the guys that, uh, kind of kept pushing it to happen and, and came up and helped me the whole weekend and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's great. I'd absolutely love to get up there for the, for the next event. So hopefully we can make that happen. Um, so you've been doing so much stuff. Can you talk to me a little bit more about can life sports and what you're doing currently and what, what, what do you have in plan for the future? Yeah, I guess, you know, Can Life has gone from, from starting at a, uh, in 2013, 2014, when we started with these two events I mentioned in, in, in a youth hockey academy, um, you know, through a ton of different phases. Obviously, I left to join the NHL at one point. And then when I came back, it was, it was all about, you know, what's next. And, and you learn so much through your time. I mean, when I, when I came to China, I was only, I was in my 20s, right? And, and you grow out, uh, you mature, you, you, you learn to you learn to adapt, you learn to reflect, you, you learn a lot and, and including, you know, having a family here too. So um, it's, 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 I guess, more sensible projects now that we're working on. And, and what we're trying to do is just be the, the, the expert in, in hockey development here uh, through operations and promotion. So, you know, our group works with a variety of companies over the last, last few years, including groups like Bauer and helping them on their, on their content creation. So being on the ground and and connecting them with the right people and the right venues and different things like that to create actual content that we can see through their, their social. Um, so uh, that was a, that was a great project that we work on with them. Zamboni, the same, the same idea, um, national indoor stadium. So this is where the Olympics are going to be played. Most of the, most of the men's games and, and some of the women's games. Uh, we worked with them on, on, on pre and post games, uh, market research and, 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 uh, things like that. Um, uh, Kaiwen Sports Academy, certainly a leader in, in what they're doing in terms of getting uh, kids in the, in the school system on the ice very early on. So I uh, worked with them right from construction phase. Um, and it continues, you know, and, and that's what we're here for. And I think right now we're, we're really trying to focus on, on the Olympics. We're trying to work with different groups that are interested to put their name on things during the Olympics. 
we're working with groups as uh, right from things that are you know fixing projects to to assisting with um, any 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 logistics out there or or uh, procuring any items. Um, so our team uh, we have a we have a small team, but they're they're hockey guys or at least hockey minded, but they come from different backgrounds. My business partner is um, from capital market background, film film and entertainment. Kevin Huey. So you know we bring we bring sort of a, a world of um, different different realms to to the table and, and right now we're just out there trying to trying to support with whatever people with, with whatever people can they need at this time because it is it is a little tough to get in the country that's so incredible man like the develop the the amount of progress you've made in your time there seems like you know astronomical um i i, I do want to have the conversation about the olympics with you but we're going to hold off on that because i'll just a little teaser for our listeners here um, I'm doing a special um, segment, a special show dedicated to the to the Olympics here and China's participation in the Hockey Olympics. So hang on for that one. That's going to come out in a few weeks time. So um, I'm looking forward to chatting with you about that. Um, but I'd like to also uh, ask you, you know, you sent me a few of the highlights and a few of the things that you've been able to personally experience while you've been over there. It kind of, you know, the icing on the cake for a guy like you who who puts in a lot of work and um, you've you've met some in, you met Wayne Gretzky and hung out with him, but there's a few others. Can you tell me a couple of the stories of your, of your highlights? Yeah. I mean, a lot of my highlights, um, you know, it, it comes through our, our community up here, the Beijing international ice hockey. It's, it's just such a great group of people. I'm fortunate to kind of take, take that league over back in 2013 from, from people like, you know, these guys are pioneers of hockey in Beijing, Ray Plummer, Sean Sparling, Greg McIsaac, Gervais, like these guys just, they're always so welcoming and, and supportive to grow the game here. And, and I came in with a good friend of mine, Chris Clark, and, and, and we, we had the chance to sort of redraft a league and build out a traveling program early on. It was the Peking Ducks and it grew into the North Stars. And so it all starts sort of with that community. And that's, you know, where I get a lot of my, um, I guess, opportunity to meet, you know, some of these guys that uh, you're, you're, you're talking about. And obviously being in, being in hockey with my career too, it, it, it helps. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 I notably, I guess I can say, you know, one of the, one of the early days back in 2012, 2013 meeting uh, and playing against Johnny Oduya was, was, was a, was a fun time. As you know, like that was the lockout year and I'm a huge Hawks fan. I was just born into it. My dad, uh, you know, the St. Catharines TPs were affiliate to the Hawk back in the seventies, Hawks in the seventies. So, you know, I'm a Hawks fan, you know, from, from day one and, you know, seeing him on the ice uh, it was funny, man, because we went down with such high hopes. Like we were these guys in our twenties back then. And we were like, we're going to win this tournament in Bangkok. <laughs> we went, <laughs> I, I don't know if you've played there, Chris, but I haven't, you know, they I have haven't the, played in Bangkok. They have the competitive division and then they have the rec division. And we're like, we're all in on the competitive. And um, we ended up going Owen for year one. And, and <laughs> the second year we're like, we're training for it a little bit more and, and trying to get the legs back. And, we won one game in the, in the eight games we played in those two years. And in that game we won was against the Bangkok team who went on to win the tournament, but Johnny was playing on that team. And, and the cool thing was that was his lockout year. Um, so the, the running story for the Peking ducks that year was, Oh, do you was like, we beat him, right? We got a photo with him, all that stuff. And, uh, the, the Hawks went on this like crazy run that year. I don't know if you remember, but oh, I do. Yeah. They went, they, yeah. Like, you know, so we're like following them and like, it's like 18 games, 19 games, 20, they, they, they hadn't lost in, in regulation. So the running joke for the Peking Ducks was like, we were the last team to successfully beat Oduya, you know, and that went on for like, <laughs> that went on for like, that's awesome. joking around, but 
the boys that were like, you know, in the Twitter game that at that time and stuff like that, it, it was sort of the running, the running joke with, with our social and stuff like that. So um, that was cool. And, and then Johnny ended up coming back to Beijing. Actually, he got uh, a group had brought him over to hand out some awards in like, I got to say like 2016, 2017, the tail end of his career. And he stopped by, I was, I'm a partner at a pub and I opened up a bar back then uh, called the hockey bar. Um, and, uh, we just had memorabilia from all this, all, all the guys in our league and stuff like that. There's a community bar and Johnny came by the bar and our photos up on the wall of like me, my buddy, Chris and, and Johnny, and I had told him the whole story and stuff like that. So we had some good laughs over it all, like a few years later. So it, it was pretty cool. It's amazing the support you get from around the hockey world. People are so great. And like, you know, people take the time to, to do things like this. And it's a special part of the sport, I think, because there's such a camaraderie amongst, you know, teammates and amongst foes, like friends and foes. So people treat the game and the way, the way I see it over here, like I've talked to Scott Murray in Bangkok and, and I know the things that he's done down there and that tournament's been super successful. Um, heard a lot of great things about it. Haven't been down there yet because I took a, I took a, personally, I took a long break from hockey uh, when I first moved over here. And just the last few years, I got back into it with the podcast. I started refing again. And this year I'm back on the ice playing. So hopefully I'll get an opportunity to get down to some of these events because it just sounds like such an amazing time. And I think it's, it's so important for the growth of the game to have people traveling around Asia and and, you know, just spreading the love of the game. And it seems like that's exactly what you're part of. And man, you're, you're exactly right. And I think, I think that's the cool thing about Asia is it's like, it's never too late. You know, a lot of, a lot of guys in our league, even like they haven't been on the ice in 10, 15, 20 years. And most of the guys that have been around, it's, it's all pay it forward. Like get back in the game. I mean, we need guys like you, Chris, that are, you know, talking about, you know, different stories that, uh, and, and the people that you meet and things like this. And, you know, I only play today because of the locker room. I mean, we're, we're, we're calling it the parking, parking lot this year. Uh, I'll tell, I can tell that story too, but I mean, we're all, like, this is why I play. I play to, to kind of sit in a room and, and a lot of these guys, I probably wouldn't be friends with back home. You know, like, you know, you have your core group of guys, but here in Asia, you know, you're getting teachers, you're getting embassy guys, you're getting Finns, Swedes, you're getting Russians, you know, a lot of weird dudes, but dudes that like you would, you, you, that bring so much light to your life, yeah. you know, and it becomes way more than 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 hockey itself you know it becomes you know the friends that you make you know professional development opportunities I, i've mentioned some of those chances that i've had you know the stories the support so it's it, it's a little bit of everything and i think i think you're right it's 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 special to be a part of it and try to give back whether that's through refing or or simply uh you know uh anything anything that you're going through in your life so it's yeah. pretty cool it is, man. And I mean, it's such a special time. I, I mean, it's such a special place. And, and I, I you, all those bonds and those things, the relationships that you form, it all starts in the dressing room. And after the game is over and you can sit back and, and you never know what the topic of conversation is going to be in one of those rooms. And you meet so many interesting people, like you said. Um, what was it you were going to say about the parking lot? <laughs> man, it's good times right now for Beijing. Uh, we just did a deal with the craft brewery. Um, our league this year and uh, we we did a custom beer and it's called the parking lot pilsner uh, i gotta send you a photo of it you gotta post it man because it's it's I really will. cool um it's uh yeah and it's it's just the, it's the highlight right now so these guys came in and they sponsored a bunch of cases and and basically uh, our league ended up ordering a ton too right so uh we're hoping to to launch it this weekend down at the rink but it's certainly uh the, the new rink we're playing at kind of boots us out pretty quick after the games 
So, you know, we found ourselves sort of back in the parking lot now and, and uh, ran a beer over it. So it's, it's pretty funny stuff, but it, it, it's, it's certainly one of these things like only in China it would happen. So yeah. we're pretty pumped up. Yeah. That's a special story. That's awesome, man. Um, so another thing that I found out is uh, you've also dabbled in the world of writing. Uh, you have a children's book out there? Yeah, I mean, uh, th- that was, that was, uh, so last year when COVID hit, so that would have been like February, 2020, uh, my wife and I, and my baby, she was, she was, uh, she's three months at the time. We ended up taking a flight down to Thailand and just trying to wait this thing out. And, uh, when we're there, you know, I'm an, uh, this is my first child. So I'm, I'm reading books to her and these Elmo books and, and whatever. I, I don't even know, but just like nothing that I can relate to, you know, yeah. I, I, I was, humming and hawn and, and and said to my wife, like, we got to write something. I got to write something. And my wife's an educator. I mean, she has a good sports background, but she, uh, her passion is definitely right now in, 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 in education and growing through the ranks here in Beijing and doing a very good job at it. But one of her things, you know, her bucket list was just like, she'd love to write a book. So I said, let's do it. And uh, hilarious to go through it with your wife. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just funny stories along the way working with her, but she brought in such a cool, unique story to it i mean for me obviously tarps off is the book's name um and it was just trying to bring sort of a gentle gentle look at the term and and you know in beijing and and i'm sure in hong kong and a lot of places through asia and and even with a lot of my buddies back home i mean kids are present like they're there they kind of see their dads and um it's 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 changed from sort of the the olden days i guess growing up but we they see their dads and sometimes the tarps do come off so i just wanted to take a gentle look at it so my wife brought in sort of the, the educational side. So she brought in like action words and the repetition and progressive story. And uh, what was the other, like, you know, the, the, the narrative coming from, you know, a person. So mm-hmm. from the child. So she brought in all those cool elements. And then, you know, it, it just got to a point where like, here we are, we're looking like, hey, do we take this next step and get an illustrator to do this? And uh, once again, you know, kind of looked online, looked on Fiverr. Um, you know, my wife wasn't so like, uh, I, w- I was like very particular on what this looked like. And she's just like, let's just do it. You know, let's just do it the way it is. And like, I'm like, there's no way I'm doing it that way. Like, so that, th- these are the funny things going back and forth yeah. with her. And it took a little while to get, to get it through, but, um, you know, long story short, we just, we, we hired a, we hired a, an illustrator to help us out. And it turned out to be a, a, a nice, a nice girl, Erica Chen. She, she grew up in Beijing too. So had that connection and it was just awesome working with her. And, uh, um, and then, you know, I had some time when we were back and I launched the, the Amazon shop and, and next thing you know, uh, six months later, we had a book on the shelves there. That's incredible. I can't wait. I'm going to have to get some copies of this and uh, get it to some people here in the city, especially like, I know a couple of principals uh, that are working in international primary schools and stuff like this. I mean, the first question you always get, I always get asked over here when somebody wants to know about the sport of hockey. The first question is, why is it so violent and why are they allowed to fight? I mean, I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've dealt with that as well. Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, that's definitely the number one question and stuff like that. So I guess bringing sort of this lighthearted approach to the culture of it um, certainly uh, can go a little bit further. It's going to be, uh, we, we actually launched it in a shop up here in China, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy, Chris, we'll, we'll talk after, but I'm happy yeah. to send a few down if you want to get it in the shelves of uh, some of these schools. We, we did that up here too. So I'm very happy to donate a few books to you guys. That would be incredible. I would definitely uh, get them in the right hands around here. 
Um, so Curtis, like, like I said before, you, you're doing something that it just amazes me how much people can give back to the game um, and how much passion can be rebuilt here. Like you can find your passion for hockey again over here, because once you get here, you realize, you know, there's people trying to learn this game and it's an, it's a really, it's as I'll, I'll, I'll you know, with, with a lot of bias, say it's the best sport in the world. Um, and for so many reasons. So what are you going to do next? What's next for you? What's the, what's your future? What's your goal now? What's, what's next? I mean, I, I think, I mean, from a career perspective, it's, it's certainly um, getting through the Olympics and, and looking past it. You know, we've had great conversations with uh, right, right from some embassies and, and to the Chinese ice hockey association that, you know, this is just a milestone. So um, just continue to work with groups that want to push this sport, you know, a lot further than what it is right now. Um, is certainly a goal on the professional side. I think personally, you know, it, it's something that uh, we're, we, we keep we keeps coming up here is just, you know, continue to play. I mean, one thing that people sometimes, you know, just miss is the, it, this is a lifelong sport. You know, this is something, you know, I've had the ability, like I said, going to Bangkok. I mean, I, you know, going to North Korea, I went to Kazakhstan. I, you know, I've been all over Korea, uh, like epic tours that, allow me at my age to continue to travel the world and, and sort of experience that, uh, that well-needed sort of uh, locker room or parking lot that you need with, with guys every once in a while. So uh, I'm lucky enough on that, that side. And, and I think, you know, also just, just, just driven to driven to, you know, my family, obviously, and uh, hopefully uh, write another book with my wife and um, you know, continuing to be, you know, a dad for my daughter. So I guess those are the, those are the core aspects of my life that, uh, I hope to just continue to continue to roll with up here. Well said, man. Well said. Um, so if anybody wants to find you, Curtis, how can they find you online? How can they connect with you and get involved or, or, you know, just, uh, just kind of keep an eye on what you're doing over here. I get chirped a lot because I'm not that social. Right. So I, I am on Instagram. I, I like, I'm just like brutal with it. Uh, every once in a while I'm like, okay, I'll throw some pics up, but I am on Instagram, Curtis tracks, um, I can, uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well, a, a little bit more active there. We have a guy uh, that does our communications here in the office. So I kind of keep up to speed with LinkedIn. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, uh, one of, one of those avenues I, I do check up on regularly. So I'm always open for it. I'm open for new ideas. I'm open for anyone that needs advice or, or, or wants to just learn about the, about the market and, uh, happy to answer any questions and help when I can. Awesome, man. So I want to thank you again uh, for taking some time to talk to me, but also I want to thank you mostly for everything that you're doing over here to help grow hockey. And, you know, it's, I always uh, tell my guests that are doing things like you, that you're doing God's work. And for me, it's, it's exactly that you're doing something that I'm so passionate about that I really appreciate what you're doing. And I appreciate it too, Chris. I think, I, I think uh, we, we forget about the guys that are telling stories like you are. So I think that's, uh, that's also a big piece of it. So uh, right back at you and uh, happy to get on with you. It's, it's been a pleasure. Awesome, man. Thanks a lot. That was Across the Pond and that's a wrap. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our amazing sponsors, the China Hockey Group, Wheel Hub Asia, AccessoryHouseGlobal.com, Yardley Brothers Beer, and of course, Sunset Studio. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Across the Pond HK. Email us Send in your comments or questions to the show at any time at acrossthepondhk at gmail.com.